This week on the mic drop, Karen Morris of the Texas Rangers Foundation dives into the upcoming Tex Gala featuring Darius Rucker, how the DFW continues to grow youth baseball through their foundation, and Ian Kinsler and John Blake's induction into the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame. Then Dave Waxman of the Big 12 pulls back the curtain on the Phillips 66 Big 12 Championship at Globe Life Field and what fans can expect from a fully loaded schedule. Finally, Ty Walker of Diamond Talk gives his hot take on the Mavs series and the key to the Rangers' success as of late. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Drop, everyone, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. I'm your host, Marcus Carr, filling in for Next Level, Kevin Sullivan, who is on official Mic Drop assignment at the PGA Championship in Southern Hills. Also joined by Dallas Sports Commission Executive Director, Monica Paul. Thanks for listening and following. Be sure to check out our social medias at Mic Drop Dallas. It's episode 63, and in honor of our upcoming guest, I picked Texas Rangers pitcher and DFW native, Taylor Hearn, who originally wore 63 in his 2019 rookie season. He later changed to 52. Hearn is part of the young rising starting rotation in in Arlington this season. Monica, we'll get to the baseball talk soon. The Mavs, since we have been on air, have advanced the Western Conference Finals. Tell us a little bit about what that means for the visibility of Dallas and, you know, across the nation for, for Dallas. Well, Marcus, uh, yeah, Sunday, that, that, that game on Sunday, game seven, um, was phenomenal. So, uh, I don't, I'm, I think there were some doubters in, in, in Dallas <laughs> and around the, around the country that, uh, that Dallas could p- pull that off, but, uh, they did. And, you know, as any of our teams progress in the playoffs is very important because it continues to establish Dallas as a premier sports destination. You get that additional, uh, media coverage, people talking about our city and that we really feel translates into additional economic impact, uh, additional people wanting to come visit here, tourism dollars, uh, and for us, uh, uh, additional events that want to come to Dallas. So uh, we definitely support all of our professional teams continuing on into the playoffs. And, you know, I, I know um, we didn't have a favorable outcome last night, but I'm definitely sh- sure that the Mavs can get back on track in, in, in game two and game three. We've got a long ways to go in this series. Like Cynthia Marshall told us, turning Dallas blue, so we're get, we got to keep pulling all the way to the NBA Finals. What else happened at the Dallas Sports Commission? Well, uh, first off, before I get into Dallas Sports Commission, uh, Marcus, I I really have questions if uh, Sully is on work <laughs> assignment in, in Tulsa over at Southern Hills. I, I hope it's a, a, a lot of work and maybe a little play for him. But uh, I am honored to have you here as my co-host today. Uh, one, I need to offer you some congratulations, I think, are <laughs> in order for uh, getting your master's degree over at SMU in their sports management program. So congratulations on that. I, I know that, that a lot of work went in, into that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, busy at the Sports Commission this week. We've got Clash of the Clubs, which is a youth basketball tournament over at the Convention Center, a new, really new piece of business for us over the last two to three years. And, you know, Actually, uh, they were instrumental in some of our rebound from COVID. Uh, so really excited to have them back. Uh, TNBA, the National, National Bowling Association, their championship and convention is taking place. That's 10 day, full days of bowling that will be taking place here in Dallas. Uh, Allen and Plano, uh, another repeat business. Uh, we've got record attendance taking place with uh, Next Generation Cup uh, that will be at MoneyGram and 
I think five other facilities here within the DFW area. So a lot of youth soccer. We're about to get into that into that busy season. Uh, National Hall of, uh, Soccer Hall of Fame induction weekend over at oh. Toyota Stadium with with FC Dallas and uh, Zach Brown Band uh, playing as well. Uh, and a big congratulations to our FC Dallas uh, as you know our professional teams have been doing yeah. really well with the Mavs and. And the Stars, even though they didn't progress, FC Dallas is in the top three uh, of the Western Conference uh, in the MLS, so congrats to them. Um, we've got upcoming, uh, in the next two to three weeks, uh, eSports and gaming coming back to Dallas. So we're excited about Intel Extreme Masters uh, and DreamHack. Uh, looking f a lot of uh, international attendance. Uh, I think the numbers are going to be strong there. So... Um, Obviously, Big 12 Baseball, we're going to talk with David here shortly and, and get an update on that. Uh, I really want to actually say a special congratulations to our friends at the AT&T Byron Nelson and Momentous Institute. I had a, well, first off, what a phenomenal sports weekend to have the Byron exactly. Nelson going on. Uh, you know, great weather, maybe a little toasty, but uh, I thought, you know, sellout crowds, uh, I was there, the, the people that were following, obviously, Jordan Spieth and him being in the hunt and just, I don't know, a lot of energy around there. And I, I you have to commend them f um, for the job well done and uh, continuing to really place that AT&T Byron Nelson at, at the top of on that PGA Tour. So, I don't know. Marcus? Dallas is buzzing right now. Yes. I mean, I don't know how much more. I mean... We're very busy, and I'm very thankful for that because I'll never want to go back to 2020. Um, but, yeah, I don't see the great sports stories continuing to slow down here anytime in the near future, which is great for me, great for our city, great for our region. So um, we're going to have a special announcement coming next Wednesday, um, which I think is in our soccer space. No, not the FIFA World <laughs> Cup announcement yet. We're still Monica, holding. Monica, you teased everybody. I know, I know. <laughs> We're still holding out hope for 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 June uh, announcement there and, and crossing our fingers fingers. But uh, this is some exciting news that we'll be able to share and a really continued legacy here in the in the DFW area. Well, congratulations to FC Dallas and all of our um, Dallas partners. Uh, we'll be right back with Big 12 Assistant Director of Media Services, Dave Waxman. Uh, now over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Thanks, Rachel. Now we are pleased to be joined by Big 12 Assistant Director of Media Services, David Waxman, where he assists in all media services between baseball, women's basketball, football, and other things. He came from the Big or he came to the Big 12 after stints at SMU Rice A&M Communications Office, was notably a part of the game day staff in, during the Mavs 2011 championship run. So we're going to sprinkle a little good luck from David. Uh, he's facilitated, facilitated media tours at the Women's Final Four, which will be coming to Dallas next year. Media day for 2018 Women's Basketball Freshman of the Year, A&M's Kennedy Carter, who I actually went to high school with. I grew up with Kennedy. Uh, she, I watched her bring a few state titles back to Mansfield. 
But my favorite thing when I was reading about David is not only is he set to graduate with his master's degree in sports management, um, but he got his start in his career at SMU where I just graduated from. So Pony Up, which already makes him one of my favorite uh, mic drop guests. Welcome, David. I'm glad to be here. So, David, we've, we've got some big... Uh... Big things coming next week. We got a lot of work ahead of us. The the Philip sixty six Big Twelve Baseball Championship coming to Arlington, uh, at Globe Life Field. This will be the third time the championship comes to Texas. The other two were uh, in two thousand two and two thousand four. Uh, you know, I think the the Big Twelve baseball teams very competitive. What are your uh, first impressions of Globe Life Field? I mean, this is going to be a fantastic venue for a college baseball championship. I think uh, <clears throat> when uh, we looked at the uh, the State Farm Classic earlier this uh, spring, which kind of kicked off the, uh, the college baseball season, we had three big 12 teams there. And there was just so much energy in, uh, in and around globe-like field. It was the uh, Texas Tech was there and their fans uh, walked over from Texas live watching their men's basketball team play a game over into globe life. And there were 10,000 people in the park for the second game of the season, watching the red Raiders play. And it's just so much. uh, It's such a nice venue. If you haven't been out there yet, I know it's only year three and year one, most people couldn't go. And the best part from our perspective is it's climate controlled. So you're not going to be sweating in the sun. We're not going to have any rain delays. Uh, We are going to uh, get these games done relatively on schedule, which I think is going to be a great benefit uh, when we have up to 15 games in five days. Well, I I think you're absolutely right, David. I know how hard that your big 12 staff and uh, your group works on all the championships that y'all have to do. Um, so I can respect knowing that uh, you won't have to get veer too far off schedule due to weather. But, um, you know, obviously a new experience for the fans uh, coming into to Globe Life Field. Many of them maybe haven't had a chance to be there. Any special experiences or fan fest or other ancillary events that uh, or, or schedule uh, that uh, I think maybe you're due to release uh, over the weekend or yeah. early next uh, week? Uh, we'll set the bracket after uh, Saturday's game. We have a uh, tightly packed race in the Big 12 where up to four different teams still have a chance to win the Big 12 championship. And even the last uh, spot in the field, because eight of nine teams make the championship, is still up for grabs entering the last weekend of a play, which starts tonight. Uh, so we'll... Uh, We'll have a complete schedule over the weekend, and uh, and then we'll have games all day Wednesday, Thursday, uh, and we'll have two games Friday, and we'll have between two and four games Saturday, and pretty much the entire time we'll have a fan fest uh, that's in that plaza between Globe Life Field and Texas Live, which fans can come out and enjoy some of the sponsor activations we have out there uh, before, after the games, uh, or while getting a bite to eat or a frosty beverage at Texas Live. 
Well, I'm I'm asking all these listeners of of the mic drop and Big Twelve uh, conference schools to get out and support your baseball team. I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, weekend, a week long experience. Um, even if you're not a Big Twelve, uh, you know, team fan, uh, I think we've got a lot of baseball. This is a great opportunity for us to have, you know, top tier um college baseball taking place right here in our own backyard in north texas so uh, i encourage everyone to get out there um i i know the type and level of championships that the big 12 puts on uh so this is uh gonna be very high up there on the list so david i'm gonna switch gears a little bit on on you um we work together on a, on another project that we'll be hosting here in in April mm-hmm. of 2023. We'll be hosting the women's final four for Division One through Division Three to celebrate uh, really the culmination of the 50th anniversary of of Title Nine. You've played some roles in major events uh, um, throughout your career, including a women's final four. Uh, what sticks out to you about next year's 2023 uh, women's final four, and maybe what? Uh, our listeners can expect and why people should be excited about it. I I mean, absolutely. Uh, We're uh, so excited at the Big 12 to be able to host this event. I think everyone uh, listening to this podcast knows what it was like in 2017 and one of the greatest, not just women's basketball games ever, but one of the greatest sporting events, uh, I think, people have seen in recent memory with Mississippi State beating Connecticut. And I think it's, if you have not been to a women's final four, it's, it's so exciting. And it's such a different experience from a men's final four because you're in the arena setup and it feels like a basketball game more than whatever the men's final four feels like, which is its own event in its own right but it's just so much excitement in the building and there's going to be so much more excitement celebrating 50 years of title nine and being able to have the division two and division three national championships, which gives fans opportunities that maybe if you can't get tickets to the, uh, to the national championship game for division one, which has sold out every year since the last time it was in Dallas, you can come experience some of this by watching the D2 and D3 national championship games, which is still tremendously high quality basketball. David, the TCU won the 2022 big 12 championship. Do you have any thoughts? You're talking about how tight this race is right now and you know, what can happen over, over the weekend. Do you have any thoughts of, you know, a prediction of what, what can happen uh, next week at globe life? Well, uh, in the conference (laughs) office, we're not much into predictions, but uh, what I can tell you is right now we have the highest percentage of ranked teams in our conference of any division one conference and half of the teams coming to globe life field next week will be ranked in the top 25. So that's going to be tremendously high quality college baseball, uh, the most recent projections have six of the top or six of the uh, big 12 teams making NCAA regionals. So pretty much every game that you go to is going to be an NCAA regional type game, or even a super regional college world series type game. So it's, it's going to be a, a tournament where you 
you show up and any one of the any one of the eight teams could really ha have a chance to win this whole thing and the teams who are going to be entering seventh and eighth know that they probably have to win it to move on so they're going to be playing with a real fire so this is going to be an absolutely loaded tournament uh top to bottom with top 10 top 25 teams and some really really uh fun matchups that we could see depending on how the bracket can shape out awesome we'll definitely be looking forward to it this weekend i have to ask since you're part of the mavs championship run and we're trying to sprinkle some luck into the mavs how do you feel about the series and you know the chances of the mavs advancing it, yeah i have uh reminded my uh friends at the american Airlines center that I have worked game nights both in 2011 and 2022. So, oh, there you uh, go. They, they, they've threatened to chain me to the radiator or something. <laughs> we found our good luck yeah, charm, exactly. Marcus. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, what we uh, needed. So, uh, can you pass a word over to Mark that maybe the game night staff needs a race? Uh, we'll send, I think we'll that, send this recording right over to him. Don't worry, David. Yeah. Uh, I think that. Uh, that it's always going to come down to uh, how Luka Doncic plays and uh, whether the uh, Warriors can find someone to uh, to guard him. I think they were successful last night in game one, but it's a long series. And as we've seen the first two rounds, game one doesn't really matter too much to the uh, Mavericks because they've been able to come back after game one losses twice before. So uh, I think the they showed the game plan uh, last series against Phoenix. Win your home games and try to steal one of the ones on the road, and uh, that's that's a way to uh, win a series and maybe uh, get back to the finals. Well, we'll definitely need you in attendance uh, since since you are there. Good luck. Uh, you've you've pretty much worked your way up the ranks uh, to your position now, and you know it's it's really cool to see. You know, you got your start at SMU and moved up to UNT, and you know moved on from there. What is the best advice you've received, and you know how have you navigated into your way uh, to your position today? Like, I think the the best thing you can do is just work as hard as you can with the job that's in front of you. I think a mistake I see a lot of people do in this industry is treating a sport, an event, whatever, as, as something that's not as important because it's not as high profile or marquee. That if you're, it, that, that you're looking at whatever it may be, uh, a non-conference Olympic sport game in college is somehow different than game six of the NBA finals. It, all of those, uh, up to the athletes, the people working these events, it, it's the, they're putting the same level of effort and intensity into it. And uh, when you're working your way up, if you, start thinking well it's just a minor event it's not anything too important that's where you can get in trouble so if you put your head down and uh, treat everything like it's the Super Bowl World Series Big 12 Championship what have you uh, things will take care of itself 
Well, David, I may have to use some of this insight to uh, share with some of my SMU students. I've uh, I've taken the last year off of teaching, but I'm going to start back up in the fall semester. I'm not sure, 100% sure which class it is yet, but I may have to give uh, some of that by advice or definitely have you on as a, as a guest speaker because um, I think uh, them hearing it from people that are in the industry and, you know, gone through the ranks and worked their way up and um, I think is, is important. So thank you for that. Um, you know, you mentioned, obviously, you've worked a, a lot of events, and you just kind of talked about some of them. Uh, do you have a favorite, or is there a bucket list event that you'd like to work or attend, um, just to get your thoughts there? I mean, that's, uh, that's such, a, such a tough question. Uh, I mean, I really and truly enjoyed back-to-back uh, uh, -back years, the 2016 Men's Final Four in Houston, where uh, uh, Chris Jenkins hit the shot to win it, followed by the 2017 Women's Final Four in, uh, in Dallas, where we alluded to the Morgan Williams shot earlier. Yeah. There, there's just something really special about a Final Four and a national championship and the culmination of uh, those sort of things. Uh, I, I'm thinking of uh, on my bucket list that I've been really fortunate to have been able to do pretty much uh, every, uh, every major U.S. sporting event between the finals, Super Bowl, Final Fours. Uh, but uh, how about I, I'll add in uh, the World Cup as a bucket list event. Because, <laughs> oh! Now that, you're speaking that one in. Yes, you're speaking my language now, David. I I think we may have just added you as a as a, on our uh PR marketing uh committee for a World Cup action and uh we'll definitely be engaging, especially if you're that good of a luck charm. If it turns out that you're that good of a luck charm for the Mavs, then we're definitely going to have to engage you on the FIFA World Cup side. That was David's mic drop moment. Yeah, he he just laid he just dropped the mic on that one. It, it, exactly. Yeah, I, I would love to be the good luck charm and get our U.S. men uh, into uh, the later rounds of the tournament. That would be fantastic. Yes, well, the good thing for 2026 that we know that they're in and there is no qualification needed. So at least we've got step one out of the way for 2026. Now I guess it's it would be awesome if they could actually play uh, here in Dallas too. Um, so more to come on that, hopefully, uh, as as things unveil here on the on the FIFA side. Well, David, I really want to thank you for joining us uh, on the mic drop. Uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of one another next week, and uh, we'll continue to spread the word about the Phillips 66 Big 12 Baseball Championship at Globe Life Field. Uh, everyone, go get your tickets now. Uh, we, we want to see a, a full uh, ballpark out there uh, in Arlington. A lot to do, a lot to cheer on. So, uh, David, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome. And now over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. Did you know the Dallas Zoo provides guests with real-life opportunities to make memorable connections with more than 2,000 animals? Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com to purchase your tickets today. And now we are pleased to be joined by Karen Morris, Senior Vice President of Community Impact and Executive Director of the Texas Rangers Foundation, which means she really helps make 
the DFW a better place every single day. Under her leadership, the foundation constructed a $15 million Texas Rangers MLB Youth Academy and quadrupled its giving and funds raised to go along with many awards. Um, Karen, thanks for joining us. The Tex Gala will, featuring Darius Rucker will be next next month. Tell us a little bit of, a little bit about it and uh, how it will make a difference in the community. Oh, thank you for having me. Yep, our, um, it is our second annual Tech Scala. So when we opened up Globe Life Field, we felt like we needed to take our fundraising events up a notch, um, kind of step away from just being the sports team charity and really telling the story about the philanthropic impact that we make in North Texas and really our five-state territory. And so we felt like we needed to go big. Um, last year, we had Tim McGraw out and raised about about $1.8 million for the community. Um, and this year, we're really excited. There's so much energy already behind Darius. So it's a, you know, your typical foundation fundraiser where there's a gala and, you know, live and silent auction and dinner, um, but then a great performance from Darius Rucker on the field at Globe Life Field. I think what what we really try to strategize it and, and tell people is it's 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 a, non, it's a philanthropic event. Like it is a sports team foundation that's hosting it, but we've grown so far beyond that. Um, we do a lot of things that, that the Rangers organization is involved in. And obviously our mission statement is part of the core values of the Rangers. Um, but we really see ourselves as a philanthropic vehicle for our whole region and not just specific to athletics or specific to, you know, to baseball. The foundation has spent a lot of time investing in youth health and education, obviously with the addition of, of the uh, youth ballpark. Uh, have you seen an increase in participation among the youth um, now that the ballpark's built and, you know, you put a lot of time into it. Um, you know, what does the foundation particularly see in, in trends? Sure. So we opened our youth academy in West Dallas in, it was two kind of split over two years, but really 2017, 2018. Um, and we've seen over 100,000 kids come through the doors um, in various formats for programming with really about five to 6,000 kids every kind of session or program involved in our programs. I think the biggest testament to that is, you know, over the past three years, we've seen 60 athletes sign on to play college baseball and softball. Um, in many cases, these kids are their first in their families to attend college. Um, and so it's really generationally changing where their family is going, um, where these young people are going. And it's not necessarily all Division One schools. So we do have a couple that we're very proud of that are going on to play Division One baseball or softball. But it's also junior colleges. It's also smaller schools. So giving them those funds necessary to attend school. Um, but it's it's really the baseball and softball as a hook. I mean, any given day, you can come out to our facility and see young people playing baseball and softball. Our summer camp programs are about to get going. So it's a very busy time of year for us. But it's beyond that. It's it's our partnership with Buckner so that while our kids are getting summer camp and instruction in baseball and softball, their parents can go to Dallas Community College across the way and get an associate's degree or technician degree in radiology so that they can now perform a, a a role or job that can raise more money for their families. So it's really coming alongside those families and helping them change the trajectory of their future. Uh, we've definitely seen an increase in our participation. I can assure you that it's been, um, it's definitely, I think our academy director calls it a loaded potato as we're looking at fitting people <laughs> into the fields. Um, but it's been, it's been incredible. Um, my own kid actually participates in it. So tonight he has a game, um, which I love because, you know, I say we live a little bit in the suburbs and um, I think it's important for him to to get that experience and exposure with 
with people in our academy and one of his very best friends goes to Dallas Carter. The likelihood of those two ever becoming friends or ever, ever establishing a relationship is probably slim to none without baseball. Um, and, and now they've established this relationship and, and really, I mean, isn't that how we kind of make our community better by bridging those gaps and bridging those maybe changes in geography or changes in um, where someone lives and creating those relationships. That, that's really awesome. Your, your team did tremendous work during the pandemic specifically too. Uh, tell us a little bit nav- about navigating that, that that period of time. Yeah, you know, I, if you would have told me in 2017, uh, we decided to go out and um, fundraise to build an endowment um, so that our donors could feel like every dollar that they gave to us was going back to charity. Um, and it was really important to us. It was also really important as we looked at our academy um, so that the citizens of West Dallas knew that regardless of what happened, um, that the foundation would fund the academy and the programming would continue. Little did we know that we'd go into a worldwide pandemic and that's what we would be preparing for. Um, so we were able to really be able to give in different ways than we've ever been able to give. You know, we kind of had to shift our school programming, obviously like everyone else to virtual, but we really used our academy facility and our parking lots here as, you know, food distribution sites, testing sites, vaccination sites, um, backpack distributions, Christmas present distributions, turkeys, come up with anything you can give out in a parking lot. We probably did it. Um, but wanted to be, you know, mindful of all the other services that were being provided. So offsetting those days that maybe Dallas ISD or the North Texas Food Bank was giving out food, we tried to make sure we were filling those gaps. Uh, you know, and then it kind of came alongside at the same time, um, the conversations this whole community was having and the whole nation was having as it relates to social justice and the diversity and equity and inclusion within sports. Um, so we were able to then take some of those funds and resources and turn them into what's now one of my favorite programs, which is our Charlie Pride Fellows Program, um, where we bring in uh, five students from across the country from diverse backgrounds and give them sort of a high level look at the inner workings of our front office, specifically a baseball team. Um, so we're launching our second class in two weeks. Um, but three of our five fellows that we had last uh, last summer are now in professional sports uh, positions. So, you know, I think with all the craziness of, of COVID and what was happening in our country, we were able to really laser focus how we could best serve our community um, and continue doing that through winter storms and then do that during a lockout as well. Well, you know, Marcus, when we hear this, we've talked a lot about this on the podcast of how giving in uh, our North Texas community is from our foundations with, with our professional teams to the players who, you know, are, aren't playing any longer, but m- called North Texas home and they, they have a philanthropic uh, element. So I commend y'all on everything that you're doing for the community. I think it's, it's very important. And one of the things that really makes Dallas uh, special. And I think we received some great news last week with Ian Kinsler and John Blake. They're going to be inducted to the Texas Rangers hall of fame. The Rangers will host a luncheon uh, that will benefit the foundation. Give us uh, some insight on that event. Can people, how can people attend? Can they buy tables, tickets? Uh, Give us all the scoop on that. Sure. So you're right. It's, it's exciting news. Ian uh, was also one of the most philanthropic players we had. He and Tess were and continue to be extremely involved in this community and was on our foundation board. And he and his work with Warstick do a lot continually in the community. Um, so they, he will be inducted along with John Blake. And if anyone that's listening has ever met John Blake, John's been with the club for 30 years and is by far the best in the business in public relations. But I think if you get to talk to John, his heart is what clubs can do with within the community. So I love the fact that we're recognizing that because he's always looked at a sports team as more of a social institution than just a team. Um, so we're hosting a luncheon on Friday, August 12th at Live by Lowe's. Um, and fans can purchase those tickets online. I think it's texasrangers.com slash hall of fame. 
Um, and then John and Ian will be inducted before the game that Saturday, August 13th, when we play the Mariners. Um, so it'll be a really exciting time. You know, Ian obviously was a part of so many of our iconic moments in Rangers history in 2010 and 11 World Series. And we'll be bringing back a lot of his former teammates to talk about those times. Um, so it'll be also a good time to, you know, harken back to 10, 12, 11 years ago when we, when we were competing for those World Series championships. Well, and I think you have maybe another event uh, coming up as well. We've we've been talking about a lot of golf here in the DFW area uh, and export, expect a, a lot more to come. But the Rangers, um, well, not only have a golf course, but uh, have a golf tournament uh, featuring alumni, which also help the foundation. Um, give us an idea of what that event is about and what you enjoy about it the most. I think uh, I was unaware that this, uh, this actually happened. So I'm interested to learn a little more myself. <laughs> you know, um, we play our golf tournament on Monday, September 12th. It's at the Texas Rangers golf course. Uh, and it's, it's a fun event. Years ago, we made the switch from having current players to having our alumni come out. Um, one, they have a lot more free time. Um, and two, they love to tell stories and love to ask, get asked questions about their, their playing time. Um, so you'll see anyone from Pudge to David Murphy to Craig Gentry to, um, you know, Jeff Russell. I think the most popular person of the past couple of years has been Pat Mahomes, not because of his oh. career with us, but I think maybe because of his son. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, uh, so it's a fun time. Uh, we try to make a lot of that mostly about the golf and just having a good time. Uh, we realize there are so many fundraisers in this market and so many great charities. Uh, so we try to, you know, a limit a little bit of what we do from an event perspective, but the golf tournament is a fun day to just come out. Um, our presenting partner is Jim Ross Law Group, but PXG is really involved and brings out some of their clubs. So golfers leave with a customized, uh, I think it's a customized putter. Um, and then there's a great, a lot of great prizes and surprises, but it's, it's always a good time. Well, I wish y'all much success on the on those events, and we'll definitely be tracking it from a mic drop uh, standpoint. So, Karen, I'm going <clears> to <throat> switch to a personal question now, and it mainly relates to I, I'm also a professor at SMU, but uh, we're getting ready to really start a launch of celebration of of Title Nine, and just want to get your perspective as a as a female and and you know and the executive director of the foundation and. Uh, just any thoughts or guidance uh, you would give those who are, you know, trying to get into the sports management or sports business um, career field or, or in college, maybe think that they want to get in, go in that direction. So any advice you might be able to share? Yeah, it's, it's an exceptionally timely question. Is it something that internally we've been talking about a lot? Uh, somehow I've be a group of us joke that we've kind of become the the old guard, I guess, that we've been here long <laughs> enough and our kids have reached an age where I guess we've we've made all the mistakes. And um, you know, and I and I I I talk all the time. I have a, a female employee who's having her first child. And I think inwardly there's always that fear, okay, I work in baseball, we have 81 home games. How in the world am I going to do it? Um and and I did it. I, I think my kids would say I'd I made most of their sporting events. I did miss my son's spring football game last night, but we had a hundred servicemen and women here. So we understood. Um, but I think there's so many opportunities. When I came into sports, it was definitely a different, a different world for females. I think um, we work now alongside so many, so many women, some incredible women, Kelly Fisher, our CFO is an incredible mentor and incredible leader within the sports world. But we also work amongst men who are more than willing and more than open to sit and listen and and kind of look at things from your point of view. I think 
I always encourage young people, young females, that their voice matters, that just because you might be the only voice in the room that's a female, you've been invited to that meeting on purpose. You've been included in that meeting because your voice does matter. And, and sometimes, especially as, it look, as you look at sports, having that diverse opinion is, is so important. Um, every, you know, every fan doesn't look at a sporting event the same way. Um, everything we do in the community isn't viewed in the same way. So having that diverse opinion um, in the room is important and having your voice. Uh, uh, we, I sit, um, I'm on a group with Keep, which is an online network platform. And we just had a meeting yesterday. And one thing we talked a long time about was, you know, differentiating between being passionate and being, you know, too aggressive. And I think um, there's a happy medium to be found. And I think part of the reason females or really anyone chooses to work in sports is because they're passionate about it. That the people that work here care very deeply about, about baseball or about the brand or about our community. Um, so you'll find that sometimes meetings get a little bit heated because of that, but you know, I'm blessed to work with an organization that is so supportive of females. We've had females in leadership positions kind of around the board. Uh, and, and I think it's a good time to jump in. Uh, I would also say, you know, as we look at the celebration of title nine, um, female sports are coming on in such a huge way. The Dallas Wings are a great team and a great franchise. Um, but beyond that, just on a national level, what they're doing with Angels FC in Los Angeles, um, just there's so much excitement behind female sports. And I think having strong female leaders, you know, championing those teams is, is an incredible opportunity as well. Wow. I think we're going to have to separate this uh, little discussion out because that was phenomenal. I mean, I, I'm going to want the audio and video clips of that because I think I may be sharing that uh, in, in, in some of my classes. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, th this year will be extremely important for us in a sports commission standpoint. So, Karen, just know that we're going to be reaching out to you to engage as uh, ambassadors and uh, assistants with our, our, even though it's women's basketball, our, our NCAA women's Final Four um, we're going to want to, you know, the full support and of a lot of the female leaders here, not only in the sports industry, but, uh, corporate, uh, as well. Cause I think we can continue to build, uh, some great momentum and you, you're right in that, uh, one of our objectives is really to kind of grow other opportunities for women at women athletes, uh, so different leagues and, uh, whether it's on an event basis or if it's an actual, you know, league and organization here in the D Dallas DFW area. So uh, thank you for your insight there. That was, uh, that was pretty special. Well, thank you. It's definitely, it's a passion point of mine. I, I, I feel like, I think we, we joked that we've made some of the mistakes, you know, either it be from a career decision perspective or um, with our families. And I think want to give back now and make sure that the next generation of women know that they can do it, that it's possible. Um, it's possible to figure out that balance and that also um, that they can matter and they can, they can ascend whatever heights they want to, that there's no, that, that glass ceiling thing is kind of gone, right? Like there's people, there's been enough people in baseball that um, have broken that are sports and not to say that you're not going to face challenges and it's going to be a cakewalk. Cause I, absolutely. There's many times where I'm like, am I really the only woman in like the, like, proximity okay I am um but I think you wear it with a badge of honor instead of wor worry about it worry about it you belong in that room and just carry it as a badge of honor and you're representing the females that aren't in that room yeah I, I think it's uh, very positive in terms of the pr projection and uh, and what's ahead what are the opportunities mm -hmm. that that exist ahead for for all so uh, excited about that well Karen really thank you for joining us today on the mic drop uh we'll definitely be checking in with you uh down the road and we'll have you back as a guest but uh, uh thank you for joining us today thank you so much for having us anything you can ever do to help we're all, I'm always here and we're always here so thank you awesome perfect and now over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors 
The Perot Museum of Nature and Science plays a vital role in preparing the most talented and diverse STEM workforce of tomorrow right here in Dallas. Become a member today and enjoy free admission and other valuable benefits to support this nonprofit landmark. Visit perotmuseum.org for more information. Now we are joined by Ty Walker, co-host of the Diamond Talk. We've had a lot of talk on on baseball late uh, on this episode, Ty. So so we're excited to have you. The Rangers had a spending spree this off season, struggled a little bit early on, but have been you know seemingly to pull it together, clicking as of late. They're on a, a road trip to Houston this week. What's what's your early season analysis of them? Well, first off, thanks for having me on. Secondly. As for the Rangers, it does look like things are finally coming together this year. Um, thank goodness, if you're a fan of the Rangers, they did spend a little money in the offseason. In fact, um, the most that's ever been spent in free agency on a couple of guys uh, got off to a very slow start. They're starting to warm, warm up a little bit. I, I still think it's a, it's a team that's a couple of years away from really doing any of uh, no playoffs whatever but uh, at least they're playing better right now and that's a good thing for the fans so ty i'm, I'm gonna switch gears and uh talk a little maps obviously there's a lot of electricity in the city of dallas and we you know game seven just i think put everyone over the top and maybe surprised a lot of people obviously we didn't get the outcome that we wanted last night but what is your projection there on can can the Mavs turn it around do we have a shot to to get through this series Absolutely. You know, the, the first game against Golden State obviously did not go the way the Mavs would expect. But if you look in the, the previous series, they lost the first couple of games to Phoenix and didn't look very good. There was not a lot of hope. Uh, they figured it out. Jason Kidd has done a tremendous job this year. Uh, you give him tons of credit for what he's done in his first year, especially uh, defensively and as long as Luke is healthy in some form or fashion, I'm going to give them a chance. I still think uh, it was a feeling out period in game one. I say, I still think this, this is going to go seven. And once they get to seven, who knows what happens. If it goes seven, what is your prediction? It's, it's going to be tough because this, a seventh game would be back in San Francisco as a, it's a great crowd. It's a great atmosphere. Luke has been in this type of atmosphere before though. I think it will be close. I might give the edge to Golden State, but again, it's almost a coin flip in a in a game seven because you never know how people might react, how players might react. So if you had to put a gun in my head, I'd probably say Golden State. Not what we wanted to hear. It's high. <laughs> we're, we're, we, we sorry, are, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, we're just teasing. Uh, we, we definitely hope that the Mavs can, can advance the finals. Uh, Ty, this is a portion of, of our podcast, and, and we hear you are a big Star Wars guy, so I'm interested to hear your your uh, recommendation. But this is a portion of the podcast where you recommend our listeners to a show, podcast, movie, um, book, book whatever, whatever you are reading or listening to. Um, what is your recommendation for uh, our listeners? Well, when I heard that uh, you... You were going to ask me this. The first thing that came to mind was an audiobook that I read lately. And yes, I am a huge Star Wars nerd. And <laughs> I got an audiobook. It's called uh, Resistance Reborn. It's a, uh, it's a story that's supposed to be b- between uh, the eighth movie, uh, The Last Jedi, and the, the final movie, The Rise of Skywalker. It kind of pieces together how they get to that final movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the few, last few movies too. But uh, that would probably be my 
recommendation. If anybody is a Star Wars fan like me, it's called, again, Resistance Reborn. Monica? Hmm. Well, Ty, I first, before we I start this off with um, with Marcus, are you a Ozark fan at all? Have you have you watched an you Ozark know, on heard, Netflix or? I've heard by, from tons of people that that would be a show that I would love, and I had just it's it's on my list of things to watch. I have not gotten to see that though. Well, that, we're not going to spoil it for you because we're still <laughs> waiting on Sully, who is a. Uh, you know, on vacation this week. And I think he's <laughs> yeah. forbidden us from being able to have this, have a discussion on Ozark. And I, I told him last week, I'm like, man, so if you don't hurry up, I'm going to forget and have to watch the whole last, uh, all the episodes <laughs> of the last season. Cause I'm going to forget. Uh, but Marcus for me this week, I, I know I mentioned it last, last, uh, uh, podcast. I did end up finishing grace and Frankie, the, the final season there. So, um, yeah, a little bit interesting there. So uh, otherwise, it's really been at events and uh, obviously watching the Mavs and Stars um, over the past weekend and then Mavs this week. Yeah, so. there's nothing better to stream than the Mavs and yes, Stars right so now. Like, <laughs> I felt like this past week is just every day. We were uh, so spoiled with uh, Stars games and Mavs games every other night. Then came into the Byron this weekend. So it was uh, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, well, what I loved was uh, during the Stars game, you know, the announcers were like, man, Dallas is on fire. So the more they can continue to say that, the better it is for me. Hi, what, do you, what, do you, what is your analysis of uh, the Stars and Mavs and obviously the buzz around, around Dallas around, you know, them being in the playoffs? Man, it was, it's been such a fun couple of weeks getting to just it, night after night after night when the Stars were going, it was one night Stars, one night Mavs, and it was just – it was great, and it's been great, and I, I hope it continues for the for the Mavs, the Stars. That was an awesome run, and what we saw from uh, their goalie Jake Ottinger was oh. historic, and basically almost got him to the next round. It's been a lot of fun. It's been good to see that these teams are getting back to having successful seasons, and we're kind of we get the we get the benefits. We get to this is the time to be in, you know, where the sports really pay off, the tournament, the playoffs, where the excitement level goes up so much and it's a lot of fun it, i am definitely electric about the Mavs right now fc dallas you know buzzing matt or like we just said rangers you know pulling together so we need we need uh uh the rangers to full sweep this weekend against houston yeah and uh you know wings just starting their season oh. so um def definitely an exciting time period for for us and i think you know sometimes people forget well i don't think people forget that we just are through covid or trying to get through covid but that's for so long i mean they had to go through an entire season without fans in attendance and uh you know how that affects uh teams and and playing and what they're doing on the court so it is exciting to kind of have that electricity here within the, within the city talking about uh you know how our teams are doing and even from a national standpoint well, Ty, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Go Star or go Mavs, go Rangers. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. On behalf of Monica Paul and the Dallas Sports Commission, thanks to our guests, David Waxman, Karen Morris, Ty Walker. Thanks to the Mike Drop production team, Danielle Whitelaw-Pascara, and Reeves Eden of Tony Faye PR, our visionary and showrunner, Tony Faye. Until next time, thank you all for listening.